Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And welcome to all the listeners and the friends and the people in the community from all over the world. So this week, we're not going to be doing a Thriver show because we're coordinating a recording time with our next Thriver, which is going to be next week in the New Life category. It's going to come out in the blog next week. So I'm doing an Empowered Life and Love uh, topic for today. And this radio show is called Healthy Love Relationships and it's about having your own identity. And it's a really important show because within this show, we can get an understanding of what most relationships are actually based on and we can actually understand how unhealthy those foundations often are and some key reasons as to why so many relationships ultimately break down and fail. So this starts with the understanding that the greatest reason why many people enter love relationships is actually this, to avoid the pain and the fear of their own self. And this pain and fear could be a variety of things such as, I don't feel happy in my own company, How can I exist on my own? How am I going to secure a future for myself? Or a really common one is I don't feel worthy, lovable or enough unless someone in my life is showing me that I am. Now when we understand vibrational reality, which is how we create our life and that life is always reflecting back to us more of ourselves. We can realize the importance of who we are really being and what type of relationships we are actually attracting and accepting into our life. Where our inner being is at is actually the true determinant of the life that we're unfolding for ourselves. So therefore, a mask of pretense is not going to hide the facts and it's not going to create a different reality from what is really going on inside of us. People may pretend that they're happy, that they're emotionally full and they're actually self-contained. And they may purposefully cultivate the illusion that they know how to be their own source of fulfillment and happiness and joy, but the very opposite may in fact be true. There really truly are many people who feel miserable on their own and people who simply can't bear the thought of not having a love partner. Some of these people, as in the case with narcissists, may even stoop to the level of lying to other people about their intentions and their feelings in order to secure the use of these people within sexual hookups and relationships and the using of these people as objects 
to avoid themselves. There are also people who couldn't purposefully hurt other people or manipulate them, but who are so depressed as a result of being by themselves that they can barely engage in life. And these people may hang on to the hope that someone's going to turn up in their life magically to love them, take away the pain and get them back out into life. The cold hard facts are this. If you're not happy being by yourself, a relationship is not going to take your pain away. The relationship will in fact bring you additional unhappiness. So when we understand this, it's incredibly important to not enter relationships with people who don't spend time alone, who are actually serial hookup or relationship people and people who don't take the responsibility to heal and create healthy fulfillment in their own skin and within their own self and life. Because we can understand that that formula does not mean that these people are going to heal, they don't reconcile their inner being and they're simply going to take their unhealed, unresolved parts forward into the next relationship and the next and the next and the next. So it's really important to not be one of these people yourself and realize that spending time alone is vital in between relationships if you haven't healed. So the law of life truly is this, like attracts like. This law is known as the law of attraction and it is as powerful as gravity. It creates everything in our life, often unconsciously, until we do become conscious. And it has everything to do with the relationship we create with ourselves, with life and with everyone in our life. Now there is no way to beat this law just as there is no way to beat the law of gravity. So how do we create a healthy life with our self life and others? It's always about becoming who and what you want to experience. So let's have a look at who you wish to become. You want to love life without fear. You want to be engaged in life and you want to be able to wake up every day looking forward to another special day. So how incredible would it be to not need anyone to feel great? How freeing would it be to know you can feel amazing now regardless of whether or not you have anyone in your life or even a current love interest? Do you really believe that your life and good feelings should conditionally be controlled by whether or not you have a partner? Any attachment to conditions in your life in order to experience the true radiance of yourself is dependency. Now what does dependency mean? Dependency means you're a victim of the conditions of your life instead of being the creator of your life. And there is a massive difference. So what state of yourself do you believe would be a great foundation to start a healthy relationship from? Being your own inner radiance or feeling empty and miserable? Now of course the answer is really obvious. So we can think about who do you wish to attract into your life? Absolutely, you want to enter into a relationship with another person who loves life and who is incredibly happy to allow you to have your own life as well, as well as sharing loving time with you together. 
healthy, emotionally solid adults are not threatened by you having your own identity or independence. They are not so needy that they need to own you or control you. Love is freedom and trust. Love means loving someone enough that their fulfillment means the world to you. And that fulfillment does not always have to be provided by you. Trust means that if they do their own thing, it doesn't mean they're going to lose interest in you or leave you for someone or something better. We can't love and trust ourselves, sorry, others, until we learn to love and trust ourselves. And that means making peace with ourselves, with our own fear. Healthy, emotionally mature adults allow love partners to be independent in their own right and in fact they encourage and empower their partners. They do not try to take away their power. Loving healthy partners recognise that the more empowered someone is, the more they have to share healthily and happily within a relationship. They know the fuller and emotionally healthier person is, the more love they have to give. Now we need to get very, very clear on this. That love is not attachment. Attachment is dependency and dependency creates toxicity in relationships. It manifests neediness, expectations, angst and control and manipulation within relationships. It also blocks personal growth because people aren't taking responsibility because of the attachments and the dependencies. Now Osho, who I'm loving reading his stuff at the moment, states this. This is what Osho says. Loneliness is beggarly. In fact, it is ugly. If you move into a relationship when you are feeling lonely, you will exploit the other. The other will become a means to satisfy you. Nobody is here to fulfill anybody else's expectations. Everybody is here to just be himself or herself. Whenever you move into a relationship out of loneliness, the relationship is already on the rocks. It is going to create more misery for you. When you move according to your loneliness, you will fall into a relationship with someone who is in the same plight. Two beggars will meet. Two miserable people will meet. And remember, when two miserable people meet, it is not a simple addition, it's a multiplication. They create much more misery for each other than they could have created in their own loneliness. Now, we don't have to go very far in reading through self-empowerment people or through spiritual uh, incredible writers, whether it be Zary Kuh, Gary Zukav or Neil Donald Walsh, or uh, any of the great writers, we can see it is the same message time and time again that wherever we are as a foundation, we're going to create more of that in our life. And that absolutely shows up in our close relationships. So I think it's really important to understand the difference between loneliness and aloneness. Osho creates wonderful distinctions between loneliness and aloneness. And this is his take on it. Loneliness is a state of mind when you are missing the other. Aloneness is a state of mind where you are constantly delighted in yourself. 
Loneliness is miserable. Aloneness is blissful. In loneliness, you are off-center. In aloneness, you are centered and rooted. Aloneness is beautiful. It has an elegance about it, a grace, a climate of tremendous satisfaction. So when we understand that, and this is what I feel about this, that relationships created from a base of loneliness are actually after happiness. The happiness which has not been established within. And then it becomes a huge disappointment and shock when the other person does not fix the inner unhappiness. And this always ends up looking like this. I still feel unhappy and why don't you make me happy? So let's explore what seeking happiness means. If you are seeking something to make you happy or somebody to make you happy, it means you're in fact unhappy. It means you are trying to gain something outside of yourself to feel better about yourself. It means that you are not an independent source of inner fulfillment within your own right. If we are trying to get happiness, we're dependent and we're attached to people unhealthily whilst trying to get it. So the symptoms of seeking happiness go like this. I'll be happy when this person shows up in my life. And then after they do, I'll be happy when he or she does this. I'll be happy when he or she stops doing that. I'll be happy when he or she provides me with that. Can you see how dependent, conditional and powerless your happiness can be when you are not the person providing it for yourself? So how can love and sharing blossom and flow within this formula? The truth is it can't. So how did we get into situations like this? How did we attract and create relationships with people where we did experience happiness and we also regularly experienced bouts of extreme misery? Why didn't we realize that seeking happiness was always going to flip to the other side of the coin, which is unhappiness? The truth was we'd not learnt how to be a source of genuine happiness to ourselves. So what is authentic happiness? Authentic happiness is a quality which is produced from within. It needs to be cultivated purposefully as a state of being that is not dependent on other people. It's the ability to feel whole, fulfilled and blissful for absolutely no reason at all. Because the truth of the matter is you can't get happiness. You can only be happiness. Authentic happiness is a quality that emanates from within. It's an inner platform of peace and contentment from where joy naturally bursts forth. Authentic happiness is a quality of the soul. It is not a quality of the mind. The mind which is where your ego is playing out, can never be authentically happy. It's always finding a reason to think unhappy thoughts and not enough thoughts. And it's always, always hanging on to the past and projecting into the future and saying, because of the past, I'm not happy. And I'm only going to be happy when this thing in the future happens for me. 
It's a bottomless pit. We need to understand the expectations of your mind can never be appeased. So let's have a look at the narcissistic reality and how this all plays out because as we know, a great deal of this community has been involved in narcissistic relationships. Now these relationships are the ultimate in pretense and egoic mind and a mask covering up the true inner state of the person we met. The narcissist is terrified of his or her mask dropping and the true, disordered, shameful self being exposed and, of course, rejected. And the narcissist will say and do anything to try to cover up who he or she really is. Now, of course, this strategy didn't work because those disordered parts were always going to erupt because whatever painful, unhealed parts a person has, sooner or later, they're always going to appear and play out especially in intimate relationships where those unhealed parts get triggered the most. So this is what shadow parts do. And shadow parts are disowned parts. They keep asserting themselves over and over and over again until they're healed. The narcissist is a no-self has no ability to be his or her own source of inner bliss and fulfillment because the false self, the egoic self, cannot provide that. He or she frenetically needs to create hookups and relationships to secure the feeding back to the narcissist that he or she exists and to try to escape those inner wounds. For the narcissist, it is emotional annihilation if narcissistic supply, which is attention, is not forthcoming. Hence, the conscienceless, unhuman behaviour that the narcissist will go to the lengths of to secure narcissistic supply. One of the main reasons that narcissists insist on becoming the centre of your universe, apart from needing to secure narcissistic supply, is because he or she is actually acutely paranoid. Narcissists don't trust anyone. They know the adulterous and pathological acts they're capable of doing when you're out of sight in relationships and sadly believe, as per their version of a dog-eat-dog world, which I have to have the upper hand on, that everybody else is capable of the same atrocities that they are. Now be very aware that people who profess and sprout undying love for you are highly suspect. And it's not normal behaviour. It is in fact love bombing. This movie type romance is a drug that the narcissist is using to escape his or her tortured self. Narcissists know how they need the drug of adoration regularly. And they know it captivates other people when they dispense it. So make no bones that if you are being love bombed, and you're with a narcissist, that the same adoring narcissist is just as likely to finish off his or her call, text or email to you, which has all the over-the-top love gestures, and be straight on to their next sexual hookup without batting an eyelid. Now that's the truth. 
And those truths and that evidence has appeared time and time again with more people in this community than you could even imagine. And it's happened in my life too. So the more regularly, romantically demonstrative a person is, the more likely they are to be adulterous. Because normal healthy people just don't behave like that. So naturally, false behaviour and false selves are illusions. And illusions crack and they fall apart. They don't stand the test of time. And there's not a person who has been swept off their feet by a narcissist who has not experienced devalue and discard and offered evidence of adultery. Or they view that the narcissist moves on to a next source of supply overnight as if they were never in a relationship with you. Now, this isn't personal because, of course, you were not the magical pill to relieve the narcissist from his or her inner demons. No one ever will be or can be. You were always going to be the next person who wasn't good enough, as will be the next and the next and the next. So it's really important, too, that if you're meeting somebody that wants to enmesh incredibly quickly with you and you're hearing all the stories about why their previous partners weren't good enough for them and how you just happen to be the most incredible person who is good enough for them. Realise that this is a pattern. This is what they say to every new partner and every partner ends up exactly like the ones before. So when we have a look at our own self-reflection and responsibility, we need to take responsibility for our unhealed parts that led us into being the other half of these relationships that are based on dependency and attachment. Healthy people with full lives and their own source of independence do not fall for the narcissist's engulfing and insistence on wrapping you up in idealised fantasy love. These people have a love and connection for life as a single person and realise that something is not right when the narcissist starts demanding, manipulating and taking umbrage in reaction to them getting fulfilment and joy from other areas of their life apart from the narcissist. Now please understand this, no narcissist is going to permit you having regular fulfilment and joy apart from him or her. It isn't possible. The cracks will appear very, very quickly because a narcissist cannot stand to not be the centre of your universe. Now, I promise you that there are people who reject narcissists quickly. Sadly, I wasn't one of them twice. I have friends who have never had narcissistic relationships and I know they never would. And these friends have easily and quickly rejected people that start love bombing and start enmeshing. I've also received many emails within the community from people who break it off with narcissists as soon as the controlling and the childish behaviour starts. Now, the truth of the matter is, if you don't have your own sense of fulfilment and love for life, you are highly susceptible to enabling dependent, unhealthy and even abusive relationships. So we have to get really straight with ourselves and we have to change at our own deep inner level if we want to heal this pattern of relationships based on enmeshment, dependency, control and abuse. 
We need to learn to truly love ourselves and we need to make the moves to be in life and love life within our own right. We need to firmly understand that we have to be full on our own. And if we are not full on our own, then we will base ourselves on another person defining us. Now the hugely interesting point in that is that's exactly what narcissists do exclusively. They can only be defined through basing themselves on how another person defines them. Now this is of course a recipe for heartbreak and loss on so many levels for the codependent. It's a recipe for the distraction of being in narcissistically abusive relationships. So I want to talk to you a little bit about my personal determination to heal this pattern. And I've stated this before and I will again, that my levels of codependency and inner brokenness were extreme. Extreme enough that I've been through two very painful narcissistic abuse experiences. Fortunately today, I am so grateful for the lessons I've had in life at this level because they've given me the opportunity to truly come home to myself. And coming home to myself and claiming my own wounds and facing them was the only way I was ever going to exercise these patterns of painful love from my life. Now in doing that, I had to get very, very clear and honest with myself about where I'd gone wrong. And to do this, apart from many other things, I really had to look at the, f the formula of successful relationships. And something I recognize that a vital part of these functional relationships clearly was healthy people conjoining and being happy, supportive and trusting of each other's healthy interests outside of the relationship. I realized that outside of relationships and work, I did not have my own fulfillment. I'd suffered the loneliness and the emptiness of being on my own and I'd then used work and other addictions to avoid that pain. The truth of the matter was humbly that I did not feel happy in life unless I was with a man. I'd been brought up with the programming and conditioning from my mother that you didn't do social things or things for yourself without a man. My mother had never had a life separate from my father. In fact, she frowned upon women doing their own thing because in her generation and in her day, you just didn't do that. Now, that was only part of it because I also had my own fearful beliefs that I wasn't safe in life without a man. And the levels of these fears and these beliefs were intense and incredibly painful. They were generational, DNA-based, belief system-based, and they were also conditioned as a result of previous, previous trauma I'd experienced in this lifetime, where I had felt incredibly powerless and unsafe. Now, the truth of the matter was that these fears were holding me prisoner. And what I was really hoping was that some big, strong, protective man would come into my life and save me and get me back out into life. 
Now, of course, the men I was accepting into my life were not rocks. They were, in fact, hammers, delivering more of my greatest fears. Now, the interesting thing was that, and this was confusing for a long time, was in these relationships, I was long past jealousy or possessiveness. I'd let that go in my early 20s. And I was a big advocate of trusting and being trustworthy and believing and allowing space and interest. So I was very happy for these men to do their own thing. Yet I was attracting relationships of intense attachment and dependency. So the men that I was partnering were very needy, engulfing, and they wanted to spend every spare minute they could with me. Now... Even though this could feel wrong at times, of course I was allowing this because I did not have my own established independence and I also carried the deep fear of abandonment as well as the fear that I couldn't survive on my own. So rather than asserting the independence, I really believed at a deep unconscious level that if somebody was really attached to me and wanted me all the time, that they were highly unlikely to abandon me, which actually wasn't the case at all, especially with the second narcissist in my life. He used my wound and fear of abandonment against me on more occasions than I could count. So with these fears, I allowed and enabled the unhealthy attachments to take place. And I also, too, felt guilty if I wanted to do anything outside of the relationship. And when I did try to assert this, very rarely, I'd be met with umbrage or uncomfortableness from the partner. Even if I pushed something like wanting to have dinner with a girlfriend, like a really innocent thing to do, and these partners would tell me, that they were jealous of the attention they weren't getting. They'd project guilt onto me. And it just became so uncomfortable that I decided to not continue doing it or to pursue it. Now, back then, this was all my level of normal. Now I know how incredibly abnormal and unhealthy this is. I know I had to take full responsibility for how I was co-creating this disastrous, engulfed, codependent pattern in my life with abusers. So this is what my life looks like for me now in my own personal transformation. I do lovely things for myself every day. When I actually wrote this radio show article, I was sitting in one of my favorite cafes, drinking coffee, enjoying the sea view, which is something I love doing. Every morning I walk in nature. I love that. I also do a different yoga DVD every morning. I love that too. I hang out with friends and family regularly. I dance, I sing, and I play music every day. I make sure every day has something blissful and joyful within it. I drink green smoothies in the morning, which are not only delicious, but are packed full of superfoods, organic produce, and supplements because it grants me good health and lots of energy to be in life and do what I want to do. I meditate regularly and I regularly connect with my inner self. 
And the more I do that, the more my inner self glows out and extends into every area of my life. I decide on great things to do at the weekend and I look forward to new adventures, hobbies, experiences and events. And because of all of this, I've never felt more whole or happy in my entire life authentically. So did I just decide and start doing these things? Did I just wake up one morning, see it all clearly and just say, right, that's it. I'm going to start all of this. I'm going to be a different, I'm going to be a person, I'm going to be a new me. Now the answer is no, because I couldn't. Initially, to expand out like this felt too painful. I had far too many fearful, painful and triggered inner programs that just were not allowing me to do these things. They in fact felt too painful to achieve and would trigger me too severely. It was actually a step-by-step -step process. It was a determined plan of healing myself and focusing on me that required letting go of pain every day without exception. To create my new self, I had to clear out enough pain from my old self to make space for a new way of being in life. We can't drive a Ferrari into the garage when there's a rusted old wreck sitting in its path. We have to start moving out the parts of that wreck to move in the parts of the Ferrari. So this meant doing quantum freedom healing on myself every day. And what that looked like was whatever hurt that came up was my next step. That was what was showing itself, that shadow part coming up to the surface, which I felt as emotional pain, that was ready to be let go of. And I honoured my body, soul and mind enough to release these hurts and deep dysfunctional inner programs determinedly, one by one. Now fortunately, because of my previous journey and because of what I know and the work that I do, I was way past trying to fight with myself mentally to overcome the inner pain and fear and simply mentally become a new self. Because I know that to change your mind means changing your body, which is your inner subconscious programs, which is a cellular network throughout your whole body. Think of your subconscious mind as your body. It's an easier way to understand. And the body is about the language of emotions. It is not about the language of your mind, which is thoughts. So I had to release these painful emotions first. And then, as a result of doing that, the mind automatically shifts to follow the new state of inner being. That's how we evolve. So as the space started opening up in my body, my soul and my mind, I was able to add purposefully a new dimension to my life every week and it happened week per week so walking was first then yoga then the regular meditation then a focused determination of health improvement then came the pleasurable and lovely activities about getting out into life every day to do something nice now it was tough, absolutely, 
wasn't a walk in the park. It never is. Because when we change from an old self to a new self, we have comfort zones. And I call comfort zones uncomfortable because we're stuck in them. They're actually painful. And we really, really think that the fear of expanding is more painful than the pain that we're in within our comfort zone. So we have to release to be able to expand. And to face and meet and release our inner self is the ultimate act of courage for any human being. Because that's what we've spent our entire life avoiding, our pain. And that's why we have shadow selves, because we've disowned that pain. Now, many people will never in their entire lifetime have the courage to face their internal pain. So facing your internal pain is the ultimate act of courage. Gary Sukav talks about his times in the army as a special operations officer and, and sergeant where he would jump out of planes in the middle of night with fully armed with parachutes and have to land and did all these crazy things that took incredible acts of courage. And as he states, that was nothing compared to facing inner wounds. It is the ultimate courage in life. And I can't tell you how many tissue boxes I went through firmly meeting myself and healing within with no distractions, with no avoidance, with simply surrendering to going to it, to embrace it, to release it. And it was and it still is incredibly worth it on every level because each day that I meet an inner wound that surfaces, and I release it, more and more space, beauty and life enters my experience because it has the space to. So every day or any day, if a new hurt surfaces, I keep letting go. I keep making more freedom and space within for the good stuff. And because of being an inner being more aligned with the joy and the expansiveness of the network of life without fear, everything I need to continue expanding shows up for me in abundance. So no longer am I pinched off from the well-being of life. I'm purposefully opening up to it. The truth of the matter is, no longer am I pinched off from the well-being of myself, which is where it all begins and where it actually all ends. Because we're the experiencer, the experienced and the experienced. That's who we are, the totality of who we are. So we really need to understand this firmly. Relationships are a powerful force of like attracts life. So all of the relationships in our life, whether it be with friends, business associates, acquaintance and love partners, and even family, they truly reflect ourselves. The parts of these relationships we like are the parts of ourselves which are healthy, and the parts we don't like are the parts of ourselves which are unhealthy. So I really hope that you can deeply 
feel this radio show and be inspired to expand and release your fear and love life no matter how hard it may feel for you right now. And I so hope with all of my heart that you too will determinedly break through into the free, open, expansive, life-loving being that you were born to be. Because when you love life, you love yourself. And when you love yourself, life is an infinite co-creator with you. So when you finally set yourself free, your life is going to open up and it will take off in ways beyond your fondest dreams. And the best part of it is, you will know what it is to have that natural state of being authentically happy. Because that's who you are totally, without the fear and the pain. So I'd love to leave you with this mantra, which is a beautiful mantra. And it goes like this. I release all disconnections from life and become the healed and whole being I was born to be. Life supports me and adores me abundantly. I love my life. So I hope you've really enjoyed this show and I look forward to answering your comments on the blog post about this show. So that's it from me. So lots of love and expansiveness and joy to all of you. Bye-bye.